Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, have the Broncos named a starting quarterback yet? Oh, wow, you got me. I didn't see that question coming, and I should have. I absolutely should have, uh, except for I had fallen asleep. Because as you have said to me several times over the course of the last, I don't know, week and a half, two weeks now, I'm bored. I'm bored with this conversation. And it's a conversation we've been having since 2016. (laughs) Jinx. Jinx. It's just, I don't know. Here's what, here's what I don't get. People are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I, and I said it to you earlier. How do you go as a, a fan of a franchise, 40 years of quarterback play that includes John Elway and Peyton Manning and some of the best years of Jake Plummer, uh, even even good years out of Jake Cutler, and and then you get to 2016, and it's almost as if the fan base has completely forgotten what good quarterback play looks like. And we just end up arguing over these retreads and bad rookies. And, and I don't, I, I, I don't understand it. How is this? This is not the Broncos country that we grew up in. And I guess maybe as a, a grumpy old man, who's getting ready to celebrate my 41st birthday, 
I just want everybody to get off my lawn and also come look at my cool posters of Peyton Manning and John Elway because it's just it's like it's all we have. I'm bored. Like you said it. I I just make a choice and be done with it. The fact that Vic Fangio still won't name a starting quarterback. I mean, really? What are you going to learn over the next few days that you don't already know now? And are they really going to go into Saturday's final preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams and play both of these guys? Are they really going to do that? Because that, as the gif you share on Twitter so eloquently states, stupid. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. That's one of my favorite gifts. Uh, AC Slater, love you. Uh, not not really, but or Jeff. It doesn't. I honestly that that argument to me. I generally figure out who's the most passionate on either side, and I just pick the other side because I think it's a stupid argument. Who cares if you think it should be called like GIF? The competition exactly because it's either GIF or GIF, but it's going to have the same flipping thing happen, and it's just going to be a football game. I, I'm going to breathe a little bit, uh, take it down a notch, and and here's what I'm going to point out. And you started to point it out, I think, and and I think it was a really smart point to make. And how many times can I say point here? The Broncos quarterbacks have not separated themselves enough, which indicates not that they have two great quarterbacks and it's a difficult decision, but that they have two guys that are maybe just okay at best. Is that meh. yeah, it's it's a lot of meh. And I'm so bored. Yeah. And so Vic Fangio just either can't decide or won't decide, or he knows, but he's not telling anybody, which is ridiculous. Or there's more decision makers involved than there probably should be, which would also be very frustrating. Hopefully one of them is the Swedish chef, because at least then it would be entertaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that copyright? Am I going to get in trouble for that? It's a it's a bad impression as it is, so I guess it doesn't matter. It was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I like that. But it, we, here we are, getting ready to start the regular season, and... Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, neither one of them have separated themselves. You know what you're getting from both of them. Pick a guy. Just, just pick, flip a coin. I, don't, I really don't care. Make them draw straws. Two-Face. Use Two-Face's coin. Yeah, why not? See how I'm dropping in pop culture into this? Because yeah. that's the only way it's entertaining. Because just make a freaking decision. It just would be nice. It'd be nice to not have to keep talking about this. And I, I think the real issue here that I have with it is that we're going to be talking about this in, in 2022 and, and possibly 2023. And it doesn't look like there is an end in sight to this quarterback search. And here's, here's what I'll tell you. I think, I think the drew lock camp, and it's so silly that we have been divided as as a group and now you hear all these people Again. i don't care yeah i don't care who starts you get all that stuff yes you do i saw your tweets you cared now you just don't care because you're like ian and i and you just are, are bored but it, <laughs> it if if you have drew lock and you have teddy bridgewater and and you can't figure out which one it is you have nobody you have you have no quarterback and and that cliche as cliche it as it is is true if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. And if you've got two quarterbacks that just aren't that great, it's just it's just retreads. I, I liken Broncos country to uh, someone crawling through the, dr- the desert, thirsty, drowning in their own thirst. And what do they do to try and quench that thirst? They will drink the sand 
in hopes that it will quench the thirst. I'm not saying that Drew Locke is the worst ever, and I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater is the worst ever, but they certainly aren't the answer. But I, I, I sort of started a, started a point and missed it there. The people who want Drew Locke are the people who I think see him as the opportunity to get out of this desert. They legitimately see him as the oasis in the desert that can get us out of this carousel that we've been talking about for several years now. Whereas Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who's just a holdover, who will take the job for the season and maybe he'll be the bridge to whatever guy is next on the list, right? Who, who knows who that is? So I understand the desperation of, of Locke fans, the people who want Drew Locke, because they do see it as a, a way to get off of this carousel. This ride won't stop. Maybe Drew Locke can, can stop it, and that's what they're hoping for. I think I, I, I've said this to my wife. I'll say it to you and to the listeners now. The, th- the first three games of this 2021 season will define the season, regardless of who the quarterback is. They have to start 3-0. Two and one, okay. If they lose more than one game out of those first three games, the season's over. Like, I don't care what the hell happens after those first three games. If they're not three and oh, they are done. Yeah. So I, I agree. There there needs to be a sense of urgency here on picking the quarterback. I get it that there's 10 days. They have a full week between the end of the preseason and then the first regular season game. They still they'll, they'll have the weekend. They'll have Labor Day weekend, and then they start September twelfth. But they're still splitting reps. You're still splitting reps. We're still charting plays. We're still saying, "Oh, I think this guy won. I think this guy had the best play." I I mean, really, just pick a starter. And roll with it. At this point, I don't care who it is. Just pick one. Yeah, I I think the other thing that's important to note here is just how imperative it is for Vic Fangio to get this right. And I'm not sure that that's even fair to Vic Fangio. The truth about Vic Fangio is that he's got one of the best defenses in the NFL. He has built, along with John Elway and and now George Payton, an incredible defense that really does have the opportunity to carry this team to some wins. I think it's going to be a special defense and I and I and I will say that with a, with a lot of like gusto because I I really do feel that you could see a defensive player of the year come out of this defensive group, a la Von Miller or somebody like that. And I don't even know that it will be Von Miller. But in today's NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a winning team. And for Vic Fangio, he has to have a guy. He needs a starter, and he needs one now. And you know, I'll, I will tell you this, and I, this is this is probably a good place to put this in here. The best analysis I have heard has come from my mom, right? The the wife of the old man, if you will, uh, former Italian professor, uh, who said to me the other day, you know, I, I, I like that Teddy. He's he's the guy. Because they call those stupid plays that don't work, and then he just throws it in the end zone, and it's fine. It's a touchdown. I, I, I honestly do not know which sequence she was talking about. Pretty sure it was in the Seahawks game. She's right. Let's, let's just, you know what? She needs to contact Vic Fangio somehow, give her her analysis, and then that will be like the tipping point. That will be the thing that sort of pushes it over the edge, and, and Fangio and Peyton will realize that. They just need to pick a guy, and Teddy's the guy because, because you know, Adam Alnati's mom said so. 
And so, boom, that's what it is. And, and seriously, solid analysis. He just throws it in the end zone, and it's just it's a touchdown. Gorgeous. I mean, that's the only thing that matters short of winning the game, right? Just, just got to score points. You just got to score points. And I, I know you said you didn't want to talk about this. I am going to bring it up because I think it's a, kind of an interesting stat that almost doesn't matter, but it's one of those things that we're all going to grasp onto. Uh, Andrew Mason tweeted out the number of points scored per drive by both Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Let me get there. And Locke was like, I think, 2.5 or 2.8 points per drive, and Bridgewater was six. I don't know if that matters in the preseason. In fact, I don't think it does. But, it, okay, that, there's there's a, a measurement you could use. Like, like pick, a, pick a thing, right? Pick a thing that you think makes a difference. Drew Locke's a better lip sync rapper than Teddy Bridgewater, so Drew Locke <laughs> should be the starter. How about that? Let's do that. As long as it leads to a decision, I'm all for it. And I totally get the argument that some people say, like, there's no rush in getting it. All right, fine, but what are you really going to learn that you don't already now? Like, so you wait until Friday instead of Tuesday. Like, did you really gain that much information over those three days? Then had you just made the decision? And I'm one of the I'm of the belief that you know the decision you're going to make. Like, I am one of those people who you know who you're going to hire. You know if it's not right. You know, if, like if you're applying for a job, you have that sense and that feeling after an interview, like it's either the right fit or it's not. You have a feeling. It's, and I've always, I've said this on the, on the podcast before, your gut will tell you the, the, the direction to go. Listen to your gut. You're going to tell me that Vic Fangio doesn't have an answer, that his gut hasn't told him what to do. So that leads me to believe that there's butting of heads here and there's disagreement on who to go with. So that, and that's, I don't know if that's the case. That's just my gut telling me because this is ridiculous. I'm bored. It's a, it's, it's a worthwhile argument to make too, because if you remember, think back all those years ago when you were studying for like the ACT or the SAT, what did they used to tell you about those bubble in tests? whatever your first guess was is probably right. Go with your first instinct. I guarantee that from day one, Vic Fangio knew who he wanted to be the starter for the, for the Denver Broncos. That doesn't mean that he wasn't going to give it the full play and and allow these two guys to battle. And and they deserved the opportunity, both of them to battle for the starting job. And, uh, you know, ignoring all of the, the falder that went with the, you know, Oh, maybe it'll be Deshaun Watson in a trade. And it, then it wasn't because yikes or, Oh, it's going to be Aaron. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, or, Oh, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, of which we fell into that. I think as well, like we really yeah, believe we that fell was, into the trap. I mean, we, and, and that's a natural thing to do because who wouldn't want uh, the defending MVP to come on over to Denver and, and throw to the weapons that they have. Oh, I mean, there were a few. My goodness. Look at look at what these two guys have done with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler in, in training camp and then in preseason games. I mean, it's been fun to watch. They've put up a lot of points in, in preseason against second-string teams and third-string teams, but they have put up a lot of points. If they could just play preseason all the time, oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be amazing? But Vic they'd go Fangio, twenty and zero. Yeah, they would. They'd be amazing. They would be uh, like the Baltimore Ravens, who are is their streak up to like eighteen straight preseason wins, eighteen or nineteen straight preseason wins. 
the Baltimore Ravens. Like, <laughs> why is that? What is happening there? Some something weird. There's a glitch in the matrix. Somebody needs to address that. But but Vic Fangio has known for at least for a few weeks now. If he didn't know right away, he he's known for a few weeks. And George Payton is known for a few weeks. And I think that that is what sort of leads me to believe, like you believe, that there is a disagreement there. That they both have a different idea of the future of this team and what they want to do. So I have an idea, and I think oh, some people have thrown this out on social media. Have Drew Locke play between the 20s, and then as soon as you get into the red zone, put in Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I kind of like that, actually. I'm fine with that because, you know, then you're not – you don't want turnovers. I also would think it would be a good idea to have Teddy be the quarterback if you get pinned back in, in inside the tent, right? Consistency, you don't want turnovers, you want to protect the football. So Teddy's your guy from, you know, inside the 10 all the way out to, let's say, let's say to the 20, right? 20, 25-yard line, and then – Drew Locke drives him down and then Teddy finishes. Sure, let's let's it's college football at that point, but college is fun. There's bands and cheerleaders and there's, you know, drunk college students dancing in the stands. I remember going to Folsom Field and watching CU games. It was I loved it. It was great. Build that atmosphere. Why not? Cuz I haven't seen a lot of wins recently. And I don't think we're going to anytime soon either, but hey, what do I know? Just pick a quarterback because I'm bored. <laughs> That's where we're at. Uh, they do. Uh, they they did look good against the the Seahawks second stringers, which that's fine and good. They're getting ready to play the Rams. So let's go ahead and jump in just a little bit and talk a little bit about the upcoming game against the Rams in the preseason, in which they will probably play against none of the starters. Um, most. So it of the- sounds Troy Rink. I, I was surprised by this that. Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, and Melvin Gordon could get a few snaps on Saturday. Dumb. That's dumb. Why, if you were going to do that, why didn't you do it in the second preseason game yeah, against the Seahawks? I need AC Slater to come over here and, and point at the screen and say "stupid" because that's stupid. Where, why? 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 That's a that's a terrible idea. I, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems like a bad idea, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to give them game action, I. Okay. I guess. Um, I guess. I, I, I think the the main thing to look at here, and, and Fangio touched on this again on Tuesday, I believe, where he said the special teams weren't good enough against the Seahawks. And this isn't a shock to anyone who has watched the Broncos the last five years because the special teams have sucked. And Tom McMahon, for some reason, is still the special teams coordinator. Still, still the guy. I don't get it. It. I just really... <laughs> But I, that's something to keep an eye on because I think that really is the key in this game is you're narrowing down the roster because they've had to cut down to 80 before Tuesday's practice, which they did. Now they have to cut down to 53 come ne- Tuesday of next week. So when we, when we record the podcast next Tuesday, they'll have to be down to 53. They will have their 53-man roster. So what guys – shine in their final moment to do so because more than likely the action they get on the field in the regular season is going to be special teams of course can't predict injuries you just know they're going to happen aside from that the special teams has to get better and if they weren't good in the second preseason game that doesn't bode well for the regular season that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. And also, you know, if, when you look at this, going from 80 to 53, 
that's that's 27 guys that that are going to have to uh you know be told that their dream is essentially over right at least with the Denver Broncos they're going to have to go somewhere else maybe you'll get some practice squad guys out of that you know that's a that's a big emotional thing and so this game for them against the Rams becomes even more important and just like you said they're looking to put uh put tape out there to to make a big play to make a big impression and if it doesn't work out with the Broncos, maybe they will make a big enough impression that someone will reach out and put them on their team or put them on their practice squad or uh, fill an injury need somewhere. There's there's a lot of different uh, potential options there, and so there is, you know, there there is a sense of this game being important. Maybe it's not important to you or you or I because it's not a regular season game and it doesn't affect us in any way. We just want them to pick a quarterback and blah 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 blah. But there are going to be men out there who are fighting for their NFL careers. And I, I think they deserve a little bit of respect there. I think they deserve the respect of the fans to at least recognize that and say, yeah, this is a big moment for them. I, I may not be too concerned about what happens afterwards, but for them, I think you've made a good point. And it is an opportunity to show, hey, I can step up and be good enough to be special teams, to be a, a difference maker on special teams and help Tom McMahon look like a better coach because he needs the help. He needs to look better. And right now he looks not better because it's just been how many years now? I feel like he's been around for, has he been around for as long as the Broncos have been bad? Is that a possibility? Is it Tom McMahon's fault? Did I just uncover the biggest mystery in Broncos history? Ooh, history, mystery, rhyming. That's fun. I will say that the Broncos will be benefited and some of these players will be benefited from the fact that the NFL is keeping the expanded practice squad that they had in 2020 in 2020, it's still going to be 16 players. And actually, that includes up to six who have accrued more than two seasons. So the Brett Rippon could potentially be the practice squad quarterback. There's, I mean, that, that opens up a lot of possibilities for the Broncos and George Payton to, to figure out who they want to put on the practice squad if they don't make the 53-man roster. But this is their chance. If, if you want to get on the field, this is your last chance to do it because I, I'm guessing practice, you're, you're pretty much not going to be doing much prior to the final preseason game. So I, that's one thing to keep an eye on. And who, if they do play both of these quarterbacks on Saturday, who starts? Yeah, that'll, that'll make a, a difference. You know, you bring up a good point about Brett Rippon too. Last season, the Broncos had to start Kendall Hinton as their quarterback because they didn't have an emergency COVID uh, quarterback. I-, I think that they will learn their lesson this year uh, just in an effort to not have to worry about it, and they'll have a quarterback on hand that can um, you know, be separated from the rest of the group go through, you know, follow the protocols and whatnot. And then if is needed is the emergency quarterback there. And you know, you don't have to have Kendall Hinton be your uh, starting quarterback for a game because of a mistake that was made by uh, the quarterback room in general, which I doubt would happen after what, what took place in, in 2020 for the Denver Broncos. But you know, we've seen uh, some dumber things in our time. And so, <laughs> so who knows? I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure that there's a contingency plan that just be smart. That's all. And so it it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Saturday unfolds. And I, I think the big thing is, and everyone will say this at the same time, no major injuries. Yeah, don't hurt yourself. 
All right. We have one more injury we have to talk about, though. And it's not a true injury, but it is a, an injury to Broncos country uh, and the history of Broncos country. And I think we need to talk about it a little bit. We, uh, we uh, have on this podcast, and I think most Broncos country podcasts and blogs and everything uh, have covered this, uh, but we have talked about guys like Randy Gratishar deserving an opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame and being uh, representatives of the, the Orange Crush. It is insane to me and absolutely ludicrous that there is not a single defensive player from the Denver Broncos Orange Crush defense of the 70s in the Hall of Fame. Boggles the mind that Champ Bailey was the first Broncos defensive player to go into the Hall of Fame. That being said, once again, it looks like Randy Gratishar is going to not be one of the guys that has the opportunity to go in. The is it the senior committee uh, decided on who was the, who was the guy they decided on? It was former Raiders receiver yeah. Clifford Branch. Thank you. Who has connections to Colorado? He went to the University of Colorado, but I, I mean, really, another Raider. I mean, are uh, did did they decide that there are too many Steelers? or Cowboys. I mean, it's just ludicrous to me that Randy Gratishar gets skipped over again. I mean, what the hell needs to happen to these people to recognize he is one of the greatest players in football? Who else needs to say something? Because we've had Merlin Olson. I've read his quote, Steve Largent, Tom Jackson, Billy Thompson, Lyle Alzado. I mean, the list goes on and on. Louis Wright, Joe Collier, what? who the hell else needs to say something in favor of Randy Gratishar for these people on the seniors committee to pull their heads out of their asses? Because this is insane. It is absolutely insane that one of the greatest linebackers in the history of football gets skipped over again. Yeah, we've said this probably a hundred times. If he had played for the Bears or if he'd played for the Steelers or the Cowboys, or if he'd played for the Raiders, he'd, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. If he played for the Redskins, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. If he if, played for the Vikings, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Which is insane. So it is it is frustrating. It's frustrating when you know, and, we, and we've actually tried to not, I think you and I have made maybe not a conscious decision, but sort of a subconscious one. We haven't been railing on the Hall of Fame all that much because, quite frankly, if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos, it's been pretty good recently. You had you had Champ Bailey go in. You had Mr. B go in, although it was a year too late. You had Steve Atwater finally get his recognition. Peyton Manning. It's been it's been it's been a good Terrell few years. Davis. Terrell Davis finally got in. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot Terrell. But it it has been a good few years. And you have John Elway and Shannon Sharp, and you. I mean, you've got a list of players that have finally made it into the Hall of Fame. The Denver Broncos are there. They are represented. But there is an era of football that has been completely ignored, and I don't understand how that continues to happen. And, and you've said it over and over and over again. If you can't write the history of football without these guys, then they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And quite frankly, Randy Gratishar and Louis Wright are the two guys from that defense that absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, we're obviously making a push for Randy Gratishar because I think he's closer. He's the guy who has a better shot. He was the leader of that defense. But I mean, what you're like you said, what else needs to be said and by whom? Like, who needs to step in and say, this needs to happen, this needs to change? Because I don't know who it is. I don't know who to go to. And 
people lobby for guys that they think should be in all the time. And I know that there are a lot of players out there that probably have a solid case for getting into the Hall of Fame. But I can't think of anybody that has a better case than Randy Gratishar. And and that's what drives me nuts. So, you know, that snub is one that is just a just another snub, right? It just keeps happening and it just keeps happening. The one that's kind of creeping up on us here and is starting to be uh, a fairly obvious snub is Mike Shanahan. So not to, yeah. not to pivot away from Randy Gratishar, but we've had this conversation. And now we get to talk about, well, but why is, why is Mike Shanahan also being snubbed? Because it makes no sense. Because Dick Vermeil is the choice for the, the senior committee to like, – wait, what? As the contributor, Dick Vermeil? What? As what? I said to you, like, you're putting a team together – you're a general manager or an, or an owner and you have Dick Vermeil or Mike Shanahan in front of you to be your head coach. Who are you going with? I would guarantee you a hundred out of a hundred times. It is going to be Mike Shanahan yet for some reason, the hall of fame selection committee chose Dick Vermeil. I can tell you why they picked him and you, you kind of, mocked it a little bit because it is sort of frustrating. It's the it's the emotional tears thing that you get from Dick Vermeil. The uh you know, the amount of emotion that he shows has always been his hallmark. It's always been the, the trademark of Dick Vermeil. And whether it was with the Eagles or it was with the Rams or it was with the the Chiefs, don't forget he was with the Chiefs at the end of his career. He was an emotional guy and I think the media gravitated towards that. And I don't have a problem with Dick Vermeil as a person. No, I don't have a problem with him. And, and I do think we, we try really hard not to belittle a guy to make the point. But if you compare the careers of Mike Shanahan and Dick Vermeil, they had similar failures, in my opinion, in different places. They couldn't get it done. Mike Shanahan struggled with the Washington football team. And, uh, you know, he, he failed still with took the, him to the playoffs. Still took him to the playoffs. He failed with the Raiders because Al Davis is a terrible owner. Uh, and, you know, I'm he, glad he failed with the Raiders. Yeah. That's how he ended up with the Broncos. Fine with that, exactly. But his time in Denver, he, he put together what was, at, at a certain point, one of the greatest offenses in the history of the NFL. It was an incredible team that won back-to-back Super Bowls. Like, I'm sorry, Dick Vermeil didn't win back-to-back Super Bowls. Dick Vermeil didn't win as many games as Mike Shanahan. Dick Vermeil... Bill Coward didn't win back-to-back <laughs> Super exactly. Bowls. Exactly. So, it, it just keeps happening. It, it just keeps happening. And, you know, it's like an abusive relationship. We just keep going back, but we don't have another choice. I got no place else to go, you know? So, it, it is going to be one of those things where... For the next few years, we're going to get to watch and see if Mike Shanahan finally gets his due. He deserves it. He has the same accolades as Jimmy Johnson. He's got uh, the same number of Super Bowl wins as Bill Cowher. He's got uh, more Super Bowl wins than Dick Vermeil. He's he's more than deserving. And let's also remember, as an offensive coordinator, he's one of the greatest offensive coordinators in the history of the NFL. Won, yeah. a, won a Super Bowl in San Francisco. Got the got the monkey off the back for Steve Young. That's right. Without Mike Shanahan, maybe Steve Young doesn't go into the Hall of Fame because he doesn't ever win a Super Bowl. I'm not and, saying. Just saying. And let's look at the current impact on the NFL. Three of the most successful head coaches in the National Football League are from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, Sean McVay with the Rams, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. Now, as I told you, 
there's a coach in Kansas City who gets ballyhooed all the time for how great his coaching tree is. I would take those three head coaches over anyone who is on Andy Reid's coaching tree in a heartbeat. So he is still impacting the National Football League with three offensive coaches who set the tone offensively in the National Football League right now who worked for Mike Shanahan. So he is still having an impact on the game of football and is still being snubbed. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.